Hello, hello, and welcome to Kinks in the Road. I'm Marcus. And I'm Jake. This is a podcast about staying on course through all of life's twists and turns. This is a space where we talk about where we've been, where we are, where we're going, and how to get there. Well, this isn't going to apply to you guys, but happy Halloween, Marcus. Happy Halloween, yes. Um, what are your first... What, what, what are your thoughts on Halloween? What's your first impression? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Um, I don't love love it uh, or hate it. Um, I, I like it. Uh, the thing I love about Halloween is that people want to get dressed up in different looks. And I am very look-oriented. Every time I watch a season of Drag Race, my favorite queens are always the look queens. Right. Um, not the funny girls, whatever. They're, they're fun, but I want the, they have to have the looks. Right, right, right. And then hopefully they can have the other stuff too. But <laughs> that's always my go-to. Yeah, the, I love the creativity. I mean, uh, shout out to John Bonnie and our whole crew uh, because if it weren't for John Bonnie, I wouldn't be as expressive as I am in my own style. And like my style has, um, evolved and kind of bloomed because of his creative, Who's like John, John Bonnie, uh, we dated for like five months. He's one of my besties. Um, he doesn't really come out to the bar, so you mm. haven't really seen him, but okay. Uh, this is where you get the ring thing from. Oh no, not necessarily. Well, I always <laughs> loved rings before him. Like the accessories were pre Bonnie, okay. uh, but the 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 like I would have never worn a kimono. Uh huh. But I own like three nice. or four now. You know, like but like super sheer. Very like I'll shop on Amazon for you know fifteen bucks is like a really cool flowy like interesting geometric pattern like sacred geometry kimono uh by breezy lane shout out to breezy lane fierce fierce uh no honestly and it, it i feel like i can embrace a feminine side of me that can only be expressed through my you know my clothing and and how i i am creative in that sense i used to be a personal shopper so i i feel like i have a pretty good sense of style uh i'm wearing a fucking t-shirt and jeans right now so it's not exactly expressed today but um, no, it's, uh, I love that John, you know, and his friends, our friends go all out for Halloween most of the time and they create these incredible costumes, full makeup, wigs, hair pieces, extension, you know, the whole thing. Um, and it's just fun because it, it reminded me to be playful and to be creative again and, and to tap into that childhood, uh, excitement. You know, there was a lot of hype about the holidays when I was a kid, you know, there my stepmom did a really good job at, you know, decorating for each holiday. So it was like red and pink and white for Valentine's Day and green for St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, Halloween was all spooky. And, you know, it was just it was really cool because that it, it helped build this sense of excitement and looking forward to special events. And I didn't really have that after I left home. You know, it was very the holiday would come and go and another year went by and seven Which is, or, when you left home was what time? What I was year? 18. 18. Yeah. Okay. I left my parents' house at 18. Also we didn't, uh, we did Christmas and we did Easter, although we didn't do like house decorations for Easter. It was, uh, 
painting Easter eggs every year. Oh, we did I that too. That. that was fun. Um, yeah. But uh, we definitely decorated for Christmas, and that's something that I carried on into even when I left. Although now I'm just too fucking lazy to do it. <laughs> I would, I, you know, kudos to those who can um, decorate their apartment. But my apartment's the way that it is, and it, I don't change it. <laughs> I really, I'm like, I love this the layout. I'm not going to decorate. I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, I love this. Uh, I love replacing the calling myself lazy with realizing that it, I'm not a lazy person. I'm actually quite active doing things all the time. It's just, yeah. I don't feel like decorating my house. Uh, what nope. I do do, nope. what I do do is, do -do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is change up my altar, which I just did yesterday. Um, so, and you as well, like you don't decorate your house necessarily for festive um, uh, holidays, but you create altars. Yeah, so I have. That's a. I have my my big altar. I think we've talked about this before, but I have this very large space for my altar, and Ruckus's entire kennel actually fits under it. Mm -hmm. So he gets all the good vibes from, like the fucking two hundred crystals or something I have on there. Nice. Uh, but then there's other spaces throughout my apartment that are kind of like little sacred moments. Not there's like sacred spaces and then sacred moments. Like mm -hmm. very obviously, it was very intentional that these pieces were placed in this way that layer very well, or there's like shells that create a design over in this space or, you know, the, the little area moment that I have in my bathroom that looks very intentional, you know, like there's little places like that, um, that are kind of like these creative expressions of my style and kind of, uh, little bits of me that I get to have fun with. Like I like, going into a space and everywhere you go, there's something to kind of like look at, you know? Um, I, I appreciate minimal minimalism, but I kind of like the grandma's house clutter <laughs> moments as well. I don't know the time and place for everything. If you can do it without making it look dirty, I think it's a, it's a win. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> unless that's your jam, you want it to look dirty, then you, you want to be you, dirty. Boo. I mean, people would say that my altar looks dirty. I mean, it is technically dirty. I need to dust it, but <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff. Sometimes I don't know. It makes sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to everyone. Well, okay. So it's Halloween and altars are kind of a thing that people associate with Halloween anyway, at yeah. least uh, with the popularity of Dia de los Muertos sí. um, um, yeah. shrines. Um, yeah, shrines. So we're still in the Halloween theme so far, but I thought maybe we do we want to explore a little bit of like Halloween stories or costumes. I want to say that I spent nine years pursuing a, a career as a makeup artist. Thank you to RuPaul's Drag Race who turned me on to um, to the desire to be a drag queen and the desire to play with makeup. Um, awesome. and so, yeah, I spent nine years doing that. So at Halloween, I would try to go all out. And one of my favorites was uh, the year that we were all clowns at the Eagle LA. Everyone <laughs> was a cool. different kind of clown. Robert was Rob Ronald McDonald. I nice. was Krusty the clown and I did like a bald cap. Um, Corey was just a scary clown who I did his makeup. Um, I don't remember. Clint was also like a scary clown. Anyway. Of um, that one was a super fun year of, um, theme costume, uh, at the Eagle LA among all of us. Right Special. on. One of my favorites. Um, <laughs> I, my costumes when I was a kid, I was always a ninja. 
I, I like that was just my jam. I loved anything like. I, oh, I didn't even think about this, but the ninja. There was something mysterious about ninjas, right? They could like disappear, and they were really stealthy, and they were like insanely accurate, and they you know throwing things with precision. Like that was always appealing to me. I was always out in the woods like throwing stuff, and I want somebody to do leather ninja because um, ninja. That's not something I've seen. I love this uh, concept of like taking anything and then making it leather. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's glorious. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that was like, there, it was, there was a play on like uh, mysticism because it's like a mystical art, you know, that's behind like healing and special hand movements to, you know, for ninjutsu. And I always thought there was something really cool about ninjas and then that kind of led into like the witchy vibes of just anything mystical, anything magical was just a huge draw for me. If I, I mean, to be honest, if I could, I, I loved anything witches. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this before, but um, always drawn to that kind of, that kind of energy, that kind of spooky, like cauldron making potions, doing spells, like affecting the elements, you know, anything like that. I just thought it was so cool. So, you know, being really earthy, I think anything earth-based, I think uh, as far as costumes goes, um, I did this like two years ago. I was this, uh, I don't even know what it was. I just wore fur and like did face paint and I had a red wig and I was like, I don't know, it's Scandinavian something. <laughs> like, I'm just, But it's just fun to dress up. Like I, I like the idea of just having a look and not having to be anything. It's just a look. You know? Yeah, yeah. One of our customers the other night, he put on, I don't know, some sort of a like material fabric scarf as his wig and put a, a hat on over it. But you could tell it was just like a hodgepodge of materials that he kind of looked like um, some sort of a pirate drag. Love that. At, but it was really just like not an actual hair wig. And I had <laughs> so much respect for that. Like, it's he so didn't good. Give a fuck. It's so good. It's so good. Like I'm going to try something and it's going to be exactly as it is. And nobody's going to tell me different. Yeah. I like, <laughs> it's just I like, beautiful. You got to have the attitude to be able to pull that off. And, and right. this reminds me of uh, growing up. I think I went through a long phase where it was like, it was, I was too shy or too vulnerable to people's uh, comments. And I, you know, I wouldn't want to go out with any sort of half-assed sort of look because um, I don't want people to make fun of me or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, and so this is, an, this is maybe another reason why my initial uh, reaction to your question about Halloween, whether I love or hate it, it's like um, I've loved it at times. And then at other times I was like, no, no, it's just, it's just an excuse to everybody to go out and be social and party. And I don't feel like I have anybody to go out with. No. <laughs> For me, um, I was really shy in high school, and I just stuck to like one or two people. And but, you know, all that changed. It's gotten better. Now I'm the the most popular girl at school. Just kidding. Ah, I'm just he's kidding. Not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you know, and with witches, like I wanted to to do like the wicked witch with the green face and all, and have a pointy hat and a broom. But it was one of those things that I just never admitted. So I settled for being a vampire. I still, <laughs> dude, you know what? I still want to do a witch party. Like my friends and I have talked about that. Like just getting everybody together and just having different witch looks. 
done or like, or like a gods and goddesses party yes where like togas and like i don't, I don't know man just which seeing party? which party for sure yeah but it's super earthy like twigs in your hair and like crazy <laughs> makeup like fuck yeah dude give me all that <laughs> so i'm a huge idea. fan of halloween i always have been have i have i gone above and beyond every halloween absolutely not you know like i can still appreciate it but from afar <laughs> without participating specifically, you know, in the traditional way, at least. Another one of my favorite Halloween looks was um, the fly. I, I did a flying monkey from the Wizard of Oz. Ooh, that's cool. And I made a hat out of construction paper and cereal box cardboard. And, um, and I, this is one of the times when I discovered that to paint my body made me feel as though I wasn't naked. Like, so basically I was wearing a jockstrap and a harness, but I painted my body like this gray color of the flying monkeys. And, um, I did a really beautiful, like monkey face in this grayish blue color. Um, and I made a little tail out of some random fur that I had. And I think also some like newspaper and tape. You can sort of mold anything out of a bunch of paper and tape. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, and then I covered it with fur. Um, but that look was one of my favorite looks, but yeah, so, but painting my body made me feel like I wasn't naked. So I rode the subway to work and, you know, um, Get it. just walking the streets of LA and my jockstrap and harness. You know what? Shout out to LA for being a place where you can feel comfortable enough to do that. Okay. You know, like, I don't know. There's certain looks where I'm like, I can do it on Halloween because I feel more comfortable because I feel like it's more socially acceptable for me to wear this type of thing on Halloween. Whereas like an everyday look, could I pull it off? Maybe, but would I feel comfortable? Not necessarily, you know, gotta have the attitude. You have to have the attitude. So much respect to the people who have all that kind of attitude to be able to do that. Um, such as the the costume that we'll be doing tonight, the Hooters yes. girls, yes, boys, yes, yes. Hooters boys. Hooters persons. Um, I got like a, a Hooters sports bra that I wouldn't wear on a regular basis at right. any other day, right. I suppose, other than Halloween. I'm sure we could find a, some random special occasion because people here are quirky and fun. Right. But, um, but yeah, generally, yeah, this sports bra wouldn't get very much play but tonight (laughs) she's going out she's going all the way out (laughs) yeah i'm excited like it's um i don't remember oh last year i didn't work on halloween that's Mm -hmm. right somehow i had it off um and i'm excited to kind of like play along with everybody at the bar Mm -hmm. because you hear stories of people dressing up like all the bar staff dressing up and it just sounds fun so it feels good to have a costume that's also not super constricting like you don't have to, i don't have to wear makeup you know or anything like that that might like run or drip or you know crust or any of that so yeah that was the thing though also about doing drag and about doing makeup it's like not only am i going to go be out and about all night long but then you have to add i had to add like three hours of preparation just for my doing my makeup Oof. and yeah some queens are much faster with their makeup skills, but I wasn't. So, which right. is another reason why I got burned out. What's interesting though, is I feel like the topics of the cards that we have pulled are kind of, we're already sort of talking about them. Yeah. Um, one of the cards was kick up your heels. Yeah. That was the, the a card from 
one of my fairy well my fairy deck that we use uh for the last few episodes has a unicorn on it on the water with a rainbow in the background with the waterfall so there's you know movement but fluidity you know obviously the water is very emotion based i feel but lots of doing energy lots of like a very masculine force um unicorns being very magical it's it feels good to have like a card like that on Halloween that kind of fits the theme, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think about it? Well, um, I love the card. Uh, I think unicorns are, um, yeah, just like you said, they're magical creatures. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the card that I drew the four of roses mm-hmm. from the outsider tarot, right? It's literally somebody in sort of a masked sort of costume. And it's actually a drag queen. This is um, a depiction of Lee Bowery, um, who was an amazing, um, I guess we call drag artist, but I don't know. I feel like he was way more than drag. Um, Are you familiar with Lee Bowery? I don't think I'm going to do him justice in describing um, him, but he was really kind of uh, an eccentric fashion icon. It's like when... um, club kid culture or whatever sort of mixes into uh, and inspires the rest of like high fashion and Mm -hmm, art. mm -hmm. Um, He was an example of that. And he was, I guess really maybe even, I don't even know if club kid technically, he might've like maybe been the first of club kid sort of vibes. Anyway. Yeah. He's uh, English, I believe, um, or at least lived in London for a while. I don't know. I don't know his backstory very well, but um, so this person is in costume and you said something about unicorns being sort of an active Mm -hmm. masculine kind of character. And I guess that makes sense with the big, huge horn. Right. Um, And so I think of a lot of, uh, this is uh, this four of roses, which is usually the four of pentacles or four of coins is a mixture of the sun in Capricorn and the sun is like fire and Capricorn is, is known for being like a really hard worker. So you put those two active energies together and you can get what I just mentioned, burnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> like I got burnout with my makeup, my, my makeup stuff and I had to sort of like take some quiet time and take some quiet space to kind of um, see where I was going to go next. Um, and so anyway, so that's just some of the things that I feel like the cards are already sort of reflecting the things that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. You just mentioned quiet time and that's the other fairy card that I pulled. Um, I, I love that there's just this natural balance. (coughs) Excuse me. There's just this natural balance. Like when I pulled the kick up your heels card, Marcus goes, Oh, I don't have energy for that. (laughs) And I kind of get it. Like there is this sense that it's like, that there's a lot of um, pressure to be doing something. And if you're not careful, you can get burnt out. Um, But then when I pulled the quiet time card, I was like, ah, there it is. It's about action and, you know, and, downtime and time to reflect time to uh introspect time to review what it is that um that you're going through right now and then to to 
take that time for yourself and say, okay, what am I dealing with right now? You know, I feel like it's so healthy to just sit with yourself and say like, what am I feeling? Where is, and, and where is this coming from? Why am I feeling this? Sometimes, you know, like depression, sometimes depression is just depression. You're just low. Sometimes for me, you know, being bipolar, sometimes you're just low. There's no reason. It just happens. And I like to think that it's just kind of like divine contrast. Like, oh, well, now that I have felt this, I can appreciate more the times that are better, you know, whatever it may be. But this sense of balance where I really do need my quiet time. I was sick on Friday and Saturday. I got a head cold and just kind of knocked me out. But it gave me this time to sit with myself and, and you know, um, I recognized this part of me that I actually sat down in a ritual for a full moon ritual and released this part of me that constantly feels like I need to be doing something um, because in fear of feeling like I'm lazy, you know, I don't want to be a lazy person. I know I'm not a lazy person. I worked seven to nine shifts a week for five months straight. That's maybe my fault because I've been traveling the world so much. And we need extra. <laughs> We need an extra staff. <laughs> it's all good. No, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, but it's, I, I like, I know these things about myself. So why, why am I in fear of feeling a certain way for taking one or two days to like really take care of myself? And it's, it's just a shift of perspective. It's like, no, I, this is equally as important. Taking time for me is equally as important. Healing is paramount actually my health is paramount i need to recognize this as pivotal in my life right now even just taking 15 minutes every day to just kind of quiet your mind meditate a little bit ground yourself come back to center i know a lot of people have been feeling very scattered right now like a lot of things are happening all at once and they feel a little bit overwhelmed and i think just sitting down for 15 minutes and like reprioritizing like what do i need to focus on right now you know yeah. i think that's really important well, <clears throat> this past weekend, it was a full moon in Taurus. Yes, it was. And um, I, need to, I need to have your chart. I know you've showed me your chart before, but whenever there's a full moon in Taurus, that means whenever there's a full moon in whatever sign, that means it's activating that part of your chart. So whatever um, house Taurus occupies in your chart, that means it's activating the Taurus part of your chart. And for me, it's the 12th house, which is like, you know, and I have like very rudimentary knowledge in, astro in astrology. I'm not claiming to be, um, I'm a, a full on beginner, like complete novice, but it, the 12th house is about um, the, the house that holds your subconscious and things that you sort of don't really have complete access to and my favorite astrologer, Chani Nicholas, says, uh, she said it's sort of the house of the inner saboteur. Mm. Anyway, I had some really fun inner saboteur bullshit go on this past weekend. Um, old stuff, things yep. I'm real used to, blah, blah, blah. I think I handled <laughs> it much better this time. Good. That's um, pro I mean, growth is everything. But um, yeah, so I wonder what, um, your, what house your Taurus is in. We can kind of look that up maybe later. We probably don't have to do it, have the time to do it now. But I just want to sort of mention that it was also a, an eclipse uh, weekend as well. So I feel like for me, the whole week had some really like hard um, 
emotional serious things. ups and downs for me yeah um and um i think there's some planetary um aspects to sort of kind of coincide eclipses are always sort of challenging challenging energy um <clears throat> but in the realm of the 12th house i like to think of uh dreams what recently i decided to kind of take more uh have a more of a practice of like dream analysis and that was because um i was interpreting astrology jupiter going through taurus which it is right now would be lighting up taurus for me and um so it would be wise i think to kind of learn from my dreams if i can um but as an aside to that um to also learn from meditating um, because when I meditate, I also have, I often have sort of like dreamy like visions. Same. Um, yeah, that's great. From meditating through doing, um, doing tarot, sort of like getting into, trying to get in tune and trying to connect to that other subconscious realm, which the, again, this is a very good day to talk about connecting to the other realm. Yes, because it's absolutely. Halloween. Well, let me ask you this question directly in that realm. Well, why don't you? <laughs> do you consider yourself psychic? Um, do I consider myself psychic? And I don't mean like, uh, like in any sense, like clairvoyant, like you said, you have visions sometimes when you meditate, that's technically like a form of clairvoyance. You see things, messages, images, uh, there's clear audience. Do you hear in your mind's ear messages? Do you receive that kind of information from source or from the planet or from your ancestors or whomever um i see myself as i think maybe the way i would describe it is i think we all have the same capacity or not necessarily the same i think some people do have some sort of gifts where they can like i don't know see the future or talk to people more talk to spirits more directly they're a little bit more sensitive um, that tuning so i feel like we all have the capacity somehow i don't know if i would call it psychic i'm more comfortable with the word uh, intuitive mm -hmm. um but i would be open to incorporating that as a as a word that I, to use to describe myself i just have to sort of look up the definition more to make sure that i feel like it was true for me okay well then you know when you're giving people readings do you feel like you enter kind of a flow state where you're just trusting your intuition of what this reading is is for that person? Yeah, sometimes, but not always. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, and I wonder if it has more to do with how dedicated I've been to my practice, um, which means I would in turn be a little bit more connected to those intuitive sort of um, hits. Prompting um, and lately I have not been. I've been showing up at parties around the world and getting dressed to get to those parties and hanging out with all the fun, sexy new people that I've been meeting. And, um, I feel like there's been, I feel a bit of burnout. Like I've been very, very busy nonstop. And it's, uh, so this week, one of the things I decided to do differently was to take a, a bit of a social media break, mm -hmm. which means I'm, I decided I wouldn't post anything or post anything to stories as, as well. Um, but I am still opening, still opening some of the social media apps. I just am trying not to message much. 
<laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But um, back to being psychic, and I'll tell me about what you would describe as psychic. Sort of define so it. The I asked the the flow state question because that um, that level of intuition. You know, there's like, oh, I've got a feeling that A, B, and C is going to happen, or I've got a feeling that we should that I should talk to this person about this. And it happens to be that they're completely open to receiving that information because synchronistically they had something that happened to them that opened their eyes to something. And, you know, it all just kind of pieces together like divine blessings, Tetris, you know, whatever it is. But um, the idea is that when we are flexing our intuitive gifts, because they are gifts, you know, not everybody is intuitive. Like the way that we experience when we, exercise it it is you know we are flexing that muscle some people don't trust their intuition you know they get these promptings and they just they they go with their head over their heart or their you know whatever it may be um but the question was about you know when you're in that flow state you're receiving information right it's there's this feminine i I was talking to you earlier about how psychic energy is like a feminine energy it's a lot of receiving you know, and you're allowing and you're, when you're tapping into certain frequencies to receive messages um, or promptings or insights or whatever it may be, uh, that is, a, I think that's a psychic energy. And I think that intuition, you know, and using your third eye is a very, that's why you see the third eye on psychic signs and stuff like that, because it is about intuition. It's about, you know, giving people readings is about intuiting the cards as it r- relates to this person, it's a specific thing to that person. Um, so you're kind of tapping into their energy and their story and their whatever, you know, to, to read them back what it means to them from whatever the cards were dealt. So yeah, I guess that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Well, um, I think that I know within the past, um, day or two, um, I, took an effort to connect to that kind of energy Mm -hmm. and um and that feels really nice um but i i would also say that creating some sort of a boundary um creating that space creating that time to um to get in touch with that energy um that you know i had to take some steps to in order to do that um and um but i'm glad that um it feels a bit turned on um awesome so because that you know it's sort of the natural i guess how things happen sometimes i feel a bit disconnected because you know life gets busy and i don't make it a priority to do a tarot reading every morning like sometimes in my life i have um but there's always a a, there's always a way to sort of like re-engage you know so psychic moment that happened to me on friday uh one of my besties adam from san francisco uh, he was on the phone with me. We were catching up. He was driving and he goes, oh my God, there was this crazy, crazy gnarly car crash immediately in my mind's eye. It was literally, it was like a painting. I saw this black SUV crumpled in to a telephone pole on a corner of a street. And I was like, oh, black SUV. He's like, how did you know that? And I just smiled. I'm like, damn, okay. This was like super on point. And he's like, yeah, I was just like wrapped around this telephone pole. And I was like, was it on the corner? He's like, yeah. I was like, dude, I saw that entire thing. You know, I was kind of stoked, but I also made it a point to say to him, like, 
I really hope everybody's okay. Like that sucks that there was this intense car crash, but damn, that was cool to just tap in like that, you know? And, and I was sick. So I felt like my level of connectedness was kind of buffered because I, w- I wasn't at my, you know, my top A game or whatever it was, but to be able to just receive. And I think that's my favorite part about being psychic is that uh, it happens when you're not trying. Like my most exciting psychic moments all happened when I wasn't trying. I just allowed. And I think that's a great lesson for my life is to allow, you know, surrender. Um, and just when you're in that state, I feel like it's always when I'm in a state of calm. And we, you asked me to pick out some photos from you know, these clippings that you had. And I picked out three. I picked out this one that says out with the old. And I, I really love that because that's been my theme for the last month or so, month or two, releasing everything that no longer serves me and being very specific on what that means. And, you know, whether it's behaviors or patterns or self-sabotaging beliefs or, you know, whatever it is, and just embracing the newness, embracing that I may not know what's coming next, but I'm excited. But wait, I thought you said you were psychic, so shouldn't you be able to... Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the other misconception about being psychic. Not everybody can tell the future. I'm just going to throw this out there. But you got that glimpse. You saw the story and you could see like Technically, what Technically, that happened. was the present. Yeah? Okay. Right. Yeah. But no, it's... Uh, I'm like, how can we strengthen this muscle? I'm, I'm here to help you. Like, how can I support you strengthen that muscle psychic, so that you can read my future? You know what? We'll get there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I already eventually. have a question. Okay. Well, the other two images, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you get to your question after I get to the other two images. The second one is the one is relating to what I was just talking about. It's this woman basking in sunlight and she just looks super chill. And I think it's a sunset. She just looks so calm. And I chose this image because it was so, it felt very comforting. And I love that. I love being in that place of, of calm and confidence. And she just, she looks quietly empowered. And I love that kind of feeling, you know, and I feel like I'm, I'm accessing that space for myself more and more. I see you. I see you in that space. I, that's sort of uh, as an outsider perspective, I feel like that's the kind of energy that you exude. Thank you. Yeah. I, and I, I, I'm moving my intentionality into that space is like, that's what I want to create more regularly for myself. And that's part of the full moon ceremony that I was releasing old parts of myself, old behaviors, you know, anxious thinking, that kind of thing. Like what is worrying ever done for me? You know? So just kind of releasing those kinds of fearful thoughts and moments. And then the last one is a, is a little ladybug on somebody's finger. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, that reminds me of when I was a kid. And we would look at ladybugs and ladybug. Um, I never liked them. Really? No, I, I thought they were so. Oh, God. <laughs> don't say that. I know. They're kind of cute, but they're still bugs. And they're, they're, I don't, I'm not crazy about bugs. I was always fascinated by ladybugs. I just, they looked so cool. And it's a feminine energy. And I think it just reminded me to get back to my childhood like curiosity. We've talked about this before about how important the inner child work is and that quiet confidence that out with the old, the embracing newness and getting back to the foundations of what it is to be a person, you know, that inner child work is important because it reminds us 
stop taking things so seriously. You know, there's things that we need to handle and there's responsibilities that we have that are, you know, important, but to remember to laugh, to be playful, the kick up your heels is about having fun, you know, and the out with the old, we also pulled the tower card, which is all about things ending, you know, and, and coming coming down and you're accessing a different frequency. Well, yeah, something like being crumbled down by natural forces. is like it's outside of your control. It's an earthquake. It's coming down, girl. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but the tower card in the Outsider Tarot um, has, like, to me, has another, another level, another part to it where, because it's, it's like a, like a radio tower that has these, um, I don't know, speakers at the top of it. So it really makes me think of like what is being broadcast, what kind of frequency that you're mm -hmm. tuning into. So there's this other extra element other than the usual tower that's just like, it's built on a, on a bad foundation. Um, and that foundation um, needed, you know, wasn't sturdy anyway. So it was going to come down eventually yeah. at one point. This one has this other sort of uh, because of the radio towers and there's these woodpeckers that are coming along and it's a wood wooden tower and right. um, the woodpeckers are going to like, you know, uh, destroy that tower. So to me, this really has um, this one really talks about what frequency am I tuned into and um, <clears throat> lately. Um, the frequency I guess I've been tuned into is like, go, 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 do, 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 like very masculine. just be very on all the yeah. time and just like just super active. And it's like, where is the, the quiet receptivity? Um, I needed to like, you know, take a step back from, you know, social media. Yeah. I have like one week while I'm in town in my own house, like um, before I leave again, when it's going to be a lot of traveling for mm -hmm. like two weeks in a row. It's all very exciting and fun, but um, it's just so important to have this sort of balance, which we can see reflected in the cards. Although my cards are both, both feel a little bit more active um, than, than your sort of balance, quiet time and kick up your heels. I think also one of the things you were talking about, you know, what frequencies am I being tuned into? I think it's also about what frequencies am I putting out? You know, what am I, uh, what am I giving to the world? Snaps. Snaps. Yes. Always snaps. Yes. Leave it to but, Jake. <laughs> it's, you know, it, that's, that's what I love about that quiet confidence, that calm energy. It's this place of, it's kind of grounding. It's like, no, I've got this. You know, it's this like, it's very much, you know, I wore this uh, turquoise um, pendant today and Marcus asked me like, oh, what is that? You know, what are the properties of turquoise? And it's like speaking your truth. But it was also self-realization or self-actualization, one of the two. I think it was realization. Self-realization. I mean, different? Anyway. I don't know. But the idea is, you know, speaking your truth, being who you are, you know, standing in your own space and owning that. And kind of that idea of like trusting your future self that no matter what happens, I've got this. And hopefully, you know, I, I really truly do hope for all of our audience, for our listeners, that you all have a, a, a beautiful, stable support system around you that you can lean on when you need to, because we need people. 
you know, we're social creatures. We, we absolutely need to lean on trusted sources of, of chosen family and who, whomever. Um, but that's kind of what I'm coming back to is like, I want to be in a place where I feel so secure and safe and seen and understood that the energy that I'm putting out is grounded and stable. And, you know, I can be uh, a great partner for my, for my partner, Mike. I can be a great friend for all my friends. I can have ample, you know, abundant energy to complete tasks and work on personal projects, but also take that time to have quiet time where the calm really carries over from both sides. It can be an active calm where I'm like, yeah, I'm calm. I'm standing in my own, my own energy and I'm kind of regulating that and I'm doing, but then there's the quiet time where it's like, wow, I'm, I'm still calm and I'm receiving. And so I like that kind of, um, flexibility of that energy. And I, that's why I wanted to stay in that, that confidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like it's really important also, um, you talked about needing support, needing chosen family, but there's also the support of that we give ourselves, yeah. like the foundation that we create for ourselves, or at least I'm going to, I'm going to speak to for myself, the foundation that I create for myself when I have a really um, connected um, experience of, of working with my sort of inner, inner guides. Um, and I get that through this process of building altars and um, writing in my journal and meditation. Um, so that it gives me this sort of like firm foundation to understand where I need, where I need to go. Um, so yes, I need support from others, but I also need to support myself as well. Do you think it's, I think, I think I know the answer helpful. Do you think it's helpful? Yes. But do you think it's important, um, for everyone to tap into this sense of like inner guides and, um, uh, that kind of thing. I do think it's um, when we it's calling it inner guides is can be a way that leaves some people out that they wouldn't be able to relate. But when we call it introspection, period, um, introspection, I think it is important for every person to have a practice of introspection. Um, and I know this is backed up somewhere in the psychology class that I that I went over, and um, you know, some psycho probably Carl Jung or whatever, <laughs> but among others. Um, that uh, truly believe that um, having a practice of introspection is um, one of the essential components towards, I don't know, self-actualization or something. Yeah. But uh, I don't have enough knowledge of psychology. I'm still in school. I'm still a student and I'm taking a break. So hey. to travel the world as IML. Um, <laughs> it's great. What a wonderful experience. It is. But uh, yeah, but I, I have a lot of studying to do too. I'm excited to do. And um, uh I feel like there have been times when I was more actively engaged when I was actually taking my classes that I could speak to some of these things. And now it's a little bit further away from my, the front of my mind, but, um, I do truly believe that. And, um, I mean, I don't know what happens if you're, if you, you have a person who can't access this sort of introspection, does that just create narcissists? I don't know. I don't know. I brought that up because, I know that, you know, ever since I was young, I think that uh, my first 
glimpse into people talking about having guides. The most commonly referenced guide that a lot of people would admit to were guardian angels. You know, oh, my guardian angel was really looking out for me or, you know, things like that. And then I get into like more of the hippie culture and, you know, you hear people talking about fairies and, you know, things like that. And uh, <clears throat> when people talk about angels, you know, you hear that very, you know, Catholicism and things like that. Or ta they're talking about saints, you know, if you pray to a saint, then, you know, people have these personal relationships to characters or, or entities or, or um, beings, right, outside of themselves. I personally believe that we're all connected, so it's technically just an extension of yourself in a different form, you know, which helps me uh, grasp the idea that like when I'm calling out to this guide, I've told you I have like 20 something guides or more when I, when I'm calling out to this guide for this specific thing, it's really just reminding myself to embody that part of me. And if I attribute great strength to this being, you know, whether it's wolf, we'll just say it's wolf where it's like, Oh, I really need to em embody resilience, cunning, um, stamina you know strength i need to embody these things and i know that i trust wolf as a guide to help me access that part of myself you know it's really about just activating different pieces of us when we're reaching out to these guides or you know helping us hold on to hope which i think is an, an incredible um remembrance of like this is something that i need to do faith very, very powerful energy. Love, obviously, I believe is the most powerful energy that there is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in regard to like guides, um, I, when I learned, when I took my Latin civilization class, I learned about uh, Emiliano Zapata, who's a Mexican revolutionary hero. And um, I've had, a, I went to Mexico City to a flea market there and I picked up a picture of him, like a vintage picture of him. And and it's been on my altar for, um, I guess that's probably like two years now. But I also got, got him tattooed on my arm. So like there is, in a sense, I'm like always inviting some of his energy into, um, into my life. And, you know, he's, he was a revolutionary and he um, fought for, uh, for the rights and the, um, <clears throat> um, the better life of, uh, indigenous people in Mexico. That's like, wonderful. Um, so, in a sense, I'm by keeping him on my altar all the time and having him on my arm, I'm sort of like channeling a bit of that. Yeah, energy. totally honoring that. Yeah, I think the other thing that I I realized is that a lot of people talk about you know their ancestors. You know, oh my my grandmother is with me or specific. I mean, I personally follow that. Like my grandmother, my grandmother is one of my my guides, my native grandmother on my mom's side. And when I think about that, like I haven't really done this exercise, but when I think about her, I'm like, what do I attribute to her? What is something very unique to her that, that why is she, well, why is she one of my guides? Right. I ask myself that whenever, whenever I get a new guide or, you know, um, or just thinking about having them in general, she represents unconditional love. She represents the magical side of myself, you know, 
she always believed me when I said I saw like spirits. You know, I've been seeing spirits since I was like three years old or energy, you know, whatever it is. She always believed me. You know, she was the native side. That was, it's so, it's common, you know, in native culture that there are like people who see spirits or hear messages or whatever, shamans, medicine people, that kind of thing. Um, so she represents the fact that it's okay to be me that sense of like authenticity, you know, that sense of like, she knew me even though I was four years old, you know, and then I moved because my parents got divorced, but there was some, there was this deep bond between us and I felt seen by her. And so when, whenever I feel her energy, it's like, I see you, you're doing great. You know, just keep going. You got this, that mm -hmm. kind of reassurance. I also know that that's just another part of me. You know, that could just be me saying that. Mm -hmm. um, but the fun part about having guides, the fun part about accessing that part of, of our abilities, you know, to tap into that energy is to say, um, I'm choosing to go within and listen. And like you said, that introspection is so important. It's really just about listening. It's about what is happening within me. What would I like to do I, do I need to do anything about it? Do, what would I like to do about it? Or do I want to just sit with this? Can I just sit with this and see what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, also, you know, it's Halloween again. And so talking about guides and spirits, um, you know, another one of the people who, who somebody in my life who passed, um, I had a boyfriend um, who passed away i think in like 2015 oh, wow. we weren't together at the time um, we, we were already broken up but he was very influential in my life and he um when we broke up we were together from like when i was 22 to when i was 25 and when we broke up i was so heartbroken that i realized that i wasn't going to be able to get over the heartbreak if i didn't stop drinking so in a sense, by him um, sort of cutting me out of his life and um, essentially lying to me about some really important stuff, mm -hmm. um, those things really suck. So it made sense that I was really upset. Um, in a sense, though, he, you know, I sort of not owe my sobriety to him, but but thankfully I came to uh, um, sobriety because of the heartbreak that I was receiving from sort of um the 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 way that relationship went um and when he when he passed um uh he was an aries and i decided to get a ram because a ram is the symbol for aries he was also left-handed so i decided to get a ram on my left hand and then this is um this is one of my favorite tattoos the artist who did it um did a really beautiful job and like my left hand, like when I see it in pictures, I'm like, what a cool hand. Like, it looks who, dope. Whose hand is that? Right. Like, that must belong to somebody really cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, one of the things exactly. I find really interesting, though, as a, as a sort of like years and years later, when I was with him, he used to collect, he loved architecture. And he used to collect these little tiny buildings. And he traveled around the world, um, I, I guess, and he would, he would get um, these little buildings. But he had so many little buildings that he created almost like little worlds because 
there were just so many little tiny buildings. I don't know. He also was really good at shopping at flea markets. Mm-hmm. And um, so he and he would just find the most interesting little knick-knacky things. And he would get them and like give them to the people he loved. That was one of his like ways of expressing love because mm-hmm. he couldn't say I love you, which was a really heartbreaking that's, to me. Oh, that's so hard. That was sort that was not really in his wheelhouse. Um, but but it, you know he got the like cutest cards and just like and they were very specific to the individual, and he would do that to me, but also to all his friends. He was so loved, and um, I mean to be very honest and vulnerable um i there's a part of me that like feels as though i'm uh like he would hate that i shared this but you guys whoever's listening most likely doesn't necessarily know who i'm talking about but um uh part of the reason he died before he should have was because he refused to deal with his being positive he was 20 something years older than me he became positive in the 90s it was a different time Mm -hmm. but when he died Things had changed, and he just refused to ever let anybody help him. Oh, no. And so he died way before he should have. And it's a really, really sad, unfortunate story. But um, his memory continues to live live on through me. Um, and funny enough, I found myself, once I became interested in tarot and then open to witchcraft, I um, started making altars. And basically altars are kind of like little worlds, like these little magical worlds. And now I find myself in in all of my traveling and I like to go to uh, thrift stores or flea markets are really great places to find like cheap tchotchke trinket things. And I love to find all these little items so I can make my my little worlds and including buildings of places that I go to. Um, When he died... They actually put out all the little buildings, um, and so everybody that came to the memorial could take um, could take a building. And one of the buildings that I took was a uh, was the Pantheon in Rome. Oh, cool! Because he did one of the cutest things ever. He, I was going to Rome. It was my first international travel, and um, he uh, was going with his mother like a month before. And so our trips weren't coinciding, um, but what he went to the Pantheon, he wrote a little note, he put it into the into a little crack on the Pantheon, and a month or two later, when I went there, he told me how to find this note. And while that's super romantic and sweet, I thought I was going to get some sort of an I love you sort of statement, which that those words weren't there, but, um, but I mean, how magical. The thought, the, that is a very, very cool expression of I mean, his love to to kind of uh convey how i would fall so hard for somebody who would do something like that you know that that was just so amazing but that was one of the little buildings that i got to take with me and i still have that's lovely um so it's just really interesting to notice that um i'm creating these little worlds just like he did um and, uh, you know, sort of to say that we're all connected, um, that feels like a very, like there's a similar part of him that's also in me, you know. Um, anyway, so good day to remember him, being that it's uh, Halloween and all. Closer to the veil. Yeah. I think um, what I got from this whole experience was 
creating something memorable, creating something magical, creating something meaningful and uh, balance, balancing your energy and being intentional with what you want to do. You know, why is it that you're doing the thing that you're doing? Really owning that and being honest and, um, and brave. It takes bravery to face our fears. It takes bravery to, to face past parts of ourselves that aren't attractive, you know, unbecoming behaviors, unbecoming qualities or traits or whatever it is. This is a time to release it. What better time than now than to access that parts of ourselves and then embrace the beauty that is to come, the beauty that is what we are creating. All of us are creating right now. We're all creating our lives as we go. And I wanted to say, I'm proud of you all. I'm proud of you, Marcus. I'm proud of me for accessing everything that we ever needed to access, every feeling that we ever had to feel to be where we are right now. And thank you for all of those experiences so that I can move forward and create the life that I want to live. Everything that's ever happened to me has brought me to this moment. And I'm grateful for that. So I'm glad that we had this session because it reminds me to be creative. It reminds me to balance the masculine and feminine energies of doing and receiving. And uh, thank you for sharing that story. That's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that you're pointing out that the, the creativity that's involved in creating whatever life we want to create. Mm -hmm. um, the Four of Roses in the Outsider Tarot is very creatively driven because uh, it's the person is wearing this like really amazing outfit that takes a lot of creativity to to make and um so yeah back to you reading my fortune oh my Are god <laughs> ready to tell my future i see great things marcus i've always seen great things oh that's sweet but <laughs> not specific enough okay got it <laughs> well i'm I'm pretty fulfilled with this session. Yeah, I just want you to tell me whether I'm going to move to Europe or not. Oh my god! No, no, no. Just take a moment, pause. Yeah, and talk to the guides and and can you do that for me? No, you have two minutes. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't on the spot. I mean, there's this part of me that says yes, but <gasps> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. And yeah, you can decide to do whatever you want. That's that's the truth of it, really. Yeah. It's like that reminds me of what you know people give as advice with tarot. It's like whenever we do a tarot reading, this does not mean that like this is your fate and this is what's going to happen. We have uh, what is it? The power free will. Free. We have free will. Yeah, we have free will to um, affect the way our life turns out. The magician, so, man, alchemists. So, transmutation in that given moment um this is a tarot reading is sort of a snapshot um but yeah we have the free will to create whatever we want to create so on that note you guys create the most magical fucking incredible beautiful life filled with connectedness and kindness and compassion that you can because this world definitely needs it right like access that inner child energy put on some fun look that your inner child would love. Yes. I mean, it's Halloween and all, but even if you're listening to this and it's not Halloween, like that's why I like leather community. Like we're putting on sexy 
superhero looks and going out and living our best life. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers to that. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you.